0: I'm pretty sure the rest of that meal was me going through that dialogue as mm-hmm. i'm you know eating my key lime pie like oh i'm I can almost guarantee I'm such a fucking asshole right like. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. So how are we doing today? We are doing good today. How's your morning been so far? Um, It is the in-season on the island, so just navigating traffic um, Mm -hmm. in a way that makes me get from point a to point b with yeah. <laughs> with minimal impact lots, yeah. lots of opportunity to meet your needs yes. as you're going around Right, lots of deep breathing lots of uh expressing my emotions as they come up within the <laughs> confines of my car um no but it's going well it's just it's a uh it, it there's a lot going on right now yeah so. <laughs> it's busy it's busy here right now mm-hmm.
1: how are you doing yeah my day my morning has been good actually i had quite a quite a chilled morning I had some early food i got A nice smoothie from one of my favorite places on the island, so um, that is keeping me going right now. I'm enjoying that. What's the smile? I just noticed where you went. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, oh,
0: I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay.
1: If I had thought, I would have, uh, I would have offered to get you one. Like normally, I normally
0: get from there. Yeah,
1: It's, it's, yeah. it's um. Oh, no, no, it wasn't from there. It was from the other location. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. All right. so, still, still. Still. Jealous, but, you know. Yeah, I would have I would have offered. Normally, you, normally the first thing that you want to be drinking is coffee, so it wouldn't
0: even occur to me to think, to say, hey, get a smoothie. I bought con leche for UPS because I went in with a bunch of returns today. <laughs> I'm like, I have four backpacks full of returns for you, but I brought you coffee. <laughs> it works. I like, I, I mean... Talk about supporting everybody's needs. Well, I went in yesterday with a pack of stuff, too. And mm-hmm. I, they were, I mean, they were out straight. And I was like, are you okay? And he's like, I don't even know what day it is. I'm like, do you drink Aww. coffee? Are you going to be here tomorrow? And he's like, yep. I'm like, I'm going to come in and do this again tomorrow. And I realize how much work that is. It was like, do you want coffee? And he's like, uh-huh. What, <laughs> whatever it is. I don't care. Like, just yes. And I'm like. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Like the, 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 that, that consideration. Well, um. And it's just. I know if I was in that situation, if I was dealing with me and I saw me walk in with all those bags, I'd be like, "Oh, fuck this shit!" <laughs> like, I give mean, give
1: me coffee. <laughs> but
0: if somebody came in with all that stuff and they're like, "And Hi. coffee," I'd be like, "Oh, I'll, well, I'll, I'll bring up your whole house over here. Right? Come on, come on, let's just go." <laughs> but it's just the yeah. little things that you appreciate for yourself to just do yeah. that randomly for somebody is like. It is
1: those little things that can make all the difference. And that consideration of somebody else's needs can go a long way. Like, it just does. Mm -hmm. Just saying. So today we are talking, uh, we're going going a little serious today. We're talking about a very, very important topic. Uh, I just want to give a quick trigger warning. Um, We're going to be talking about some language that would be considered... Uh, oppressive, Um, we will only refer to those terms once so that we know which ones we're talking about. Something we will not refer to at all because it's going to be very clear what we're talking about. Um, I just want to let everybody know that these are things that might be considered quote unquote microaggressions let's be clear those are only micro to the people who do not experience the impact of them Um, they are um, offensive violent terms um, and that's the reason that we want to talk about this because by using these terms we are negatively impacting other people's needs Uh, but I just want to give a little caveat here we are going to deal with this as mindfully as we can we will not use language wherever we can kind of get away with not doing so Um, and anywhere we will we will only mention things once so that we're clear and anyone listening is clear on what we're talking about and then we will not be using that terminology for the rest of the show. So just a little trigger warning there. Um, And if anybody... Uh, would need any, uh, wants any help or support with this, um, or the, the this trick kind of does trigger stuff for them, um, then I, I'm going to uh, add something uh, below to a link where we can um, uh, share a technique called voo breathing. Um, we are actually going to go through it in, in one of our f- upcoming podcast episodes. We're actually going to go through that in depth, but in the interim, if you, uh, that would be helpful for you to support you. Uh, if there's a little trigger that comes up or a big trigger uh, in any way, shape or form, that's one of the techniques that can help in terms of supporting our vagus nerve and our um, our kind of rest and digest uh, process that helps us in terms of kind of calming those triggers down and helps us to um, recover from them quicker. So just a little caveat there. So it is important, and we've said this, so many times and we will say it so many more times to remember that when we are meeting our needs we need to be aware of interconnectedness what this means is that if you meet your needs in ways that have a side consequence that negatively impacts somebody else or their needs you actually negatively impact your own needs even if you're not aware of it even if it's at a subconscious level not a conscious one The thing about it is, is that because everything we do every second of every day is done to meet our needs, if we do anything that negatively impacts uh, or harms somebody else um, and (coughs) somebody else and their needs, we're negatively affecting our own needs during those meeting our needs that we're doing all the time. Like it's literally... 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, depending on not if it's a leap year. Um, like all of like, we're constantly we're doing things that are um, that are meeting our needs, and so we need to be aware of this at a, at a consistent level. Now today we're looking at a slightly unusual um, aspect of this and one that not many people think about. Today we're looking at language because there are multiple words that are not okay to use because the use of these words negatively impacts and harms somebody else. They are slurs. By doing so, we impact other people at an emotional experience and expression level. We might experience, uh, we might impact them at a security level. They may not feel safe around us when we're using these terms. We uh, might impact them at a value level because it, they're, we're perceived that we're being it's perceived that we are um uh, devaluing them, or we may uh, we that may be the intention, that will definitely be the impact by using these terms. So there's a bunch of these terms that we are aware of. Uh the most obvious one is the N-word, which I'm not going to use. Um, it is a word that has been used to oppress black people for generations. It is not okay for those of us who are not black to ever use that word in any circumstance ever. Um now, one thing I want to say about this is we also do not have the right to police how those people who have been oppressed by a word choose to use or not use it themselves. For some people, and I've seen this with a number of different groups of marginalized folks, they have taken, they've you know, tried to, uh, they have um, gone through a process of reclamation. They've been reclaiming that word as a di- the, to give it a different meaning for themselves, to take the power back uh, and, and not allow in, in ways it's been used as a a way to have power over them, they're trying to take the power back by utilizing that word uh, themselves. We have no right to have an opinion on that. We have no right to speak on that. We have no right to police it in any way, shape or form. It is not our lane to be involved with that word in any way, shape or form. So just want to be clear on that. Uh, Another example is the R word. I'm not going to use this word um, again because it's highly offensive. Um, and there is a campaign called the R Word campaign, which is the rword.org. If you do not know which word I am referring to, go and check out the rword.org. It's a society which is dedicated to stopping the use of this term, which is harmful to so many people. Um, the, another example of this is the G word. I'm going to say it once because not everybody is aware of the uh, of, of how offensive and harmful this word is. I, I wasn't. Uh, Serena wasn't. I wasn't. Oh, at one point, either. Um, so, the word is um, gypsy. It is uh, a slur against the Romany people. And my apologies for using that term just to um, make sure that everybody understands what I'm talking about. There are other related terms. So, things like gyp, gyppy, or gypped. Again, apologies for using that terminology. I just want to make sure people are aware of the words that are associated with this. These are also slurs against um, uh, the Romani people, but also actually against Egyptian people in a British context. It originated during World War II. So these are other words that are not okay for us to use because the use of these terms is harmful and will negatively impact other people's needs.
0: I just want to throw in a quick comment there about the G word. Mm -hmm. And that was a term I used all the time. I'm a traveler. I, you know, I love Mm -hmm. to travel and have that wanderlust, um, and I would use that thinking. I feel like the word that word has kind of come into popularity the last couple of years, being free and free, free spirited. Free, but then free say spir- free spirited if that's what you mean. <laughs> and that's being self. So, there are other options that yeah. do not do harm. Yes, mm-hmm. and that is a perfect example of it. Today we're actually going to be focusing on another one of these words. And that's the C word. Nope, not the one you're thinking of. I know Serena
1: is delivering this section, but we're not talking about the C word that we often think of first and foremost, <laughs> when we think about words that we shouldn't use. And it's not actually, that's, like, that's not even a term you use, right? No,
0: I... I for very similar reasons. For very similar reasons, yes. <laughs> I don't use that term. Yeah. Um, today, we're gonna talk about a word. I'm gonna say it once just to get it out there so we all know what we're talking about. And then I'm gonna not use the word again mm-hmm. um, going forward. Yeah. And that word is crazy. Right. It is in everyday language, consistent communication. We mm-hmm. hear this, it pops up. And the reason that this is an issue is because it's a mental health slur. Right. So using that word in other mental health slurs in day-to-day language We're going to give a couple more examples here again. Apologies for using
1: these terms. Yes. Yeah. And we are going to, like I said,
0: we're going to go through them quickly and
1: we're going to use them once and that will be it just so that, just to give, because I think when you're not aware of this, sometimes you're like, well, what other words are there? Like, because it's such a part Mm -hmm. of modern language, not modern language, it's such a part of common language use, let's put it that way, um, that people don't even notice. They haven't thought about it. They don't think, it. they just use them without thinking and they don't realize that they are actually mental health slurs. So you want to give the, the
0: few examples that we have? Yes. Um, and I actually, sometimes will catch myself even now, I'm like, oh, 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 wait a minute. That, no. And find another
1: word. And I'll go, you'll go to use a term and then just before you use it, you'll like, hold, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. That, I don't think that's a term that's going to be okay. Oh, hold on. No, that's not a term. that's okay. And then
0: find, an, find, find another option. Yeah. Um, so words that we're talking about, insane, psycho, mad, mental, those kind of words are... And there are many others as well. There are many, many, many others. Mm -hmm. These kind of words are in our everyday language and they're repeatedly used on mainstream TV shows, in music lyrics, in movies. We are bombarded with these words and and it, actually, I'm just going to jump in. And as a result, we're actually um,
1: desensitized to them because yeah. mm-hmm. they're, they're used so frequently by so many people in so many different scenarios. One, we're desensitized to them. And two, we don't even notice
0: because it's so common these days um, that actually this is something we shouldn't be doing. Because mm-hmm. it's used it's used to describe something. And as you said before, with the G word, that it doesn't even doesn't even mean we we use it and we'll get into this a little bit later in in this
1: episode but we're we're not we're we're using it because it's lazy it's like oh well we'll throw that word in there um, because it means I don't have to stop and think about what the word is I actually mean Mm -hmm. and but by doing so we actually do harm to others in the process
0: yes so Claire was actually the first one to invite me into this conversation Um, we were in the midst of a conversation and she you know said this may be a little uncomfortable Mm mm-hmm would you say this in front of somebody who you knew had a mental health condition? And just to kind of give context here, this was a word that in the in this conversation and in just day
1: to day use, Serena would use the word a lot. She'd use the c word a lot, and I and I was like, um, hold on a second. Um, and that was when I then asked the question. So it it was it was very
0: much up for you. It was very much something that you were using a lot, right? It was something I was using a lot, and ironically, it was a situation that I was present in at the moment where i had somebody very close to me who was struggling with mental health issues and who i knew that word was a trigger for Mm -hmm. so my immediate answer is no i wouldn't no i wouldn't use that word if i knew somebody had a mental health diagnosis right so what did i say then (laughs) what was the next question i asked (laughs) how many people have a mental health condition that you don't know about I mean, most people were just coming into a culture where talking about mental health is more open, but people aren't like, hi, my name's Serena. I have a mental health condition. You just don't know. And because a lot of them are
1: quote unquote invisible to those of us who don't have them. And I think that's the key is that Mm -hmm. um, quite often when people um, with people with different diagnoses will recognize each other because it's not actually invisible. It's just that we don't know what to look for because we're ignorant around these sorts of topics. Um, But those of us who um, don't have a mental health condition, we don't know we don't know the things to look for to to see it and in those situations it's not always safe for people to share that they have a diagnosis or that they are struggling with something or that they have a condition and so we don't I mean I you find out about people all the time even close people who um, will share something like oh I didn't know that um, and and th- that thing can open up a dialogue and, and a conversation. Or it's just something to like, like, thank you for sharing with me. I really appreciate that you feel safe enough to share that with me. But a lot of us have no idea who these terms will and will not affect.
0: And something really important, important to remember to tag onto that is because you don't know who these terms could affect or who could overhear you using them. It's not okay to use it ever. Like I know that Claire I does not have a mental health diagnosis. I'm still not going to use that word because who knows who's around me, and I need to change how that word plays in my head where that isn't the word I use. Right. There's a better word. So it's the practice, too, because I, I know there's a lot of people who will act, say, do one way in front of others but behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I catch myself behind closed doors. I speak with my husband, and I say a word. I'm like, ooh. What's the word I'm really looking for? Right. Now he does it too. Mm-hmm. It's a process it's of that has a ripple effect, and a, a practice makes permanence. Right, absolutely, and that's the thing is that it's that people. It's not
1: just using that word to somebody that could cause harm. Just the simple hearing of that word can be triggering to people, and so <clears throat> even if you're in a, um, a setting where maybe there's someone you don't know or it's a crowded setting you don't know who's going to be hearing and as Serena said even like even one step further than that you'd want to change your thought process around this that it's not okay to use this word because why would I use a, why would I use a word that's harmful to another person even if no one can hear me mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me so Um, It's important to remember that our societal inequity, that we've we've talked about inequity, we've talked about um, interconnectedness. Uh, If you go back to episode five, um, Let Our Ignorance Be Your Education, that's where we go into this in much more depth and much more detail. So if you are kind of new to these um, these topics and uh, these uh, concepts, it's worth going back and listening to that one episode. But for the sake of today, it's important to remember that our societal inequity means it is harder for those without systemic privilege to get their needs met, which means that people with mental health conditions and neurodivergent folks um, find it harder to get their needs met because of how society is orientated. So it is orientated around people who are considered the quote unquote default, the quote unquote norm. um, And that is people who have um, multiple um, types of systemic privilege And when we're talking about privilege if you, if you want to know more about that, go back and listen to that episode five because we go into that in, in much more detail. Um, so I shared a post recently on Facebook about the ADHD tax. Now this isn't an actual tax that is put on by the government. This is a tax in how it is to live in our society with ADHD. So um, this example in this, um, in this one um, uh, that was given in this post was this person had gone out to buy eggs. And at some point while they were out, those eggs disappeared. Um, And what they mean by that is that because of the way their brain worked with ADHD, they had um, lost track of the eggs. The eggs weren't there anymore. They were there one minute, they were gone the next. The cost of those eggs was the ADHD tax. They're also talking about the cost of eating out, of buying food on the run because you can't can't, um, clean your kitchen, you can't pack the snacks, you can't remember to buy the things you need. Um, The parking fines, lost library books, overdue fines, replacement fines, paying for missed appointments, all of these things are the ADHD tax they are things that cost people who have ADHD because simply their brain works in a different way than the people who our society is orientated around which is neurotypical folks Um, another example is autistic people who experience sensory overload um, for example like shopping in a grocery store which has got bright lights which has got tannoy announcements which has got checkout sounds can be difficult for some and impossible for others so it's harder to get their basic needs met than those of us with uh, with systemic privilege so it's important for us to recognize that these things literally are affecting people's needs um, and 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 so it's it means that there are more barriers for them to overcome to get their needs met than it is for those of us who have systemic privilege and then what ends up happening is that when they are then further impacted by using a term that's harm uh, that's harmful that further impacts their needs and what happens then is because of the interconnectedness because of the intrinsic connection between human beings if we do something in a way because everything we do every second of every day is to meet our needs so if we're doing something it's meeting our needs in some way if we do that thing and it causes harm or negative impact to somebody else it actually negatively impacts our own needs as well and the thing is as we said previously the thing is we don't often mean the c word at all when we use it this uh, there's often another word that we mean we're just being lazy with our language use Um, we're not thinking uh, we don't want to take the time to stop and pause and think about what is the word that i actually mean in this situation um it means um that that we end up using harmful terms just because We don't want to take a couple of seconds to think a little bit more clearly about what exactly is the terminology that we actually mean and what we're looking for. It doesn't take much effort to find an alternative word that does not negatively impact others. And the thing about it is when you first start doing it, it takes a little time, takes a little bit of effort, but actually once you get into the habit of it, it's actually really easy. And the funny thing is is that, um, I mean, I know that we're going to kind of jump into a a couple of our own experiences with, uh, with the C word specifically, but i know that like serena and i will be talking about something and i will hear the pause in her language like she will like, we'll be she'll be mid sentence and she'll stop and the second she stops for a significant period of time i know it's because she was going to use a word and she's she's trying to come up with a different word and normally because of the context of that sentence i will jump in and i'll i'll offer a word and be like you mean intense Uh, and she's like yes thank you for the like we've got this shorthand now because we've been doing this with each other for so long that if one or other of us pauses and it happens the other way around like you'll hear me pause and I'm like um and you'll jump in and offer an option as well same thing with your husband same thing Mm -hmm. with other friends that we have as well so it's not that hard and also once you start to do it and the other people around you start to you can actually support
0: each other and help each other with this to make it even easier I think that, I mean, that's a great example. And it's funny because now my p- husband does the pause. It used to be I had you know the conversation explaining this because as Claire brought me into it, I'm like, I had no clue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let me bring him into it. So I did, and now he, he does the pause. To- I'm, I'm gonna
1: jump in. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I gotta jump in here. It's not that you didn't have a clue. It was that you hadn't stopped and thought about it. Because you did yeah, have a clue. Because I did not have a clue. Because you wouldn't have used that term around somebody you knew had a mental health condition. Good point. So it wasn't that you didn't know; it was that you just hadn't put enough thought into. Mm-hmm. And this is not. And this is not me pointing the finger specifically mm-hmm. at Serena. It was the same thing for me as well. Like I would never have used that condition around somebody who I knew had a diagnosed condition, and so my use of it. It wasn't that I didn't know better. It was that I didn't want to put the effort into thinking about my, my behavior and language and the impact it was having on other people. Sorry, I just had to jump in with that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, it, I it, and I'm, I'm saying sorry for the interruption, not for the fact that I brought it up. So. Yeah, no. And that's
0: true because it was, you know, I was conditioned to just throw that in. Yeah. Oh, I need a word, C word. That mm-hmm. fit, it fits so many bills in my mind and now using it, it just every time if sometimes i slip sometimes it comes out and i'm like ooh like i oh. feel the impact now and i'm like oh now if i actually had a condition and that was impacting my needs in another way like if i feel that impact i can only imagine mm-hmm. what somebody who is actually struggling with mental health would feel as an impact of hearing that word. Or just
1: living with it. It may mm-hmm. not be that they're struggling with it, but they're living with it and they're living with, it may not be that they're struggling with the condition because the condition sometimes it's just they're different. They have different ways of doing things. It's not something they're struggling with or suffering from, but what they struggle with is living in a society which is not supportive of people who have those conditions. So I am just, I want to make sure that we're we're being clear in the fact that it's not this is not something that we have to do because everybody is struggling with um being neurodivergent or having a mental health condition sometimes what they're struggling with is just our society is so unsupportive and works against them and that's the thing that is not okay and that's the thing that makes it harder for them to meet their needs
0: so i mean as claire said i have it used to be a part of my everyday language Mm -hmm. um I'm going to bring it in, we are specifically talking about the C word, but the R word was Mm -hmm. something in the area I grew up that that was a part of a lot. It was used Mm -hmm. a lot in the same way to describe things that it had no business describing. Mm -hmm. And the more I started to stop and have those kind of awkward moments where I'm talking, I'm like, uh, and on. not just with Claire. And I didn't. I didn't explain myself. I wasn't like, "Oh, sorry, I'm trying to find the right word." I'd just stop, and then I'd continue with the word I meant: intense, wild, mm-hmm. whatever it may have been. Yeah. And people were, like, that actually got them to be like, "Wait, oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute." Right. And, and something that, um, I, I mean, it was, it's
1: something that I've been familiar with for some time now, and it's been a process that I've been going through, uh, with a number of different areas of my life. Um, and it was, again, it was something that was a very, um, that I used a lot because of laziness. I just, I it was, it was quote unquote easy to use that, that word. Um, I didn't, I, I wasn't being mindful of the fact that it was a word that was going to be harmful to other people. Um, but, so I've, I've been for quite some time now looking for alternatives and also being aware of like not just the words that I'm aware of um, that because I've seen other people say this is a word we shouldn't be using right now. This is a word we shouldn't be using right now. This happens with Serena and I all the time. We'll use a term in our day-to-day language and all of a sudden like one or both of us will catch and go, hold on a second, that, what's the origins of that term? Like, is that okay? Is that a word that we should be using? Is that, um... Uh, oppressive is it um offensive and the amount of times that where we're together and both of us are googling to check <laughs> to see what the origin of the word is because we want to make sure we want to do this pro- proactively preemptively we don't want to be doing things um in a way we don't want to wait to do harm for someone to call us out on it or wait for somebody else to educate us on it we want to be looking for these things so we can learn to do better the other thing that um, I think, with my experience of this word, is um, that I have found has been um, sometimes I, how to how to address it when somebody else uses it. And um, one of the the best examples I found for this was actually I was I was doing an interview and I was doing an interview about needs. Someone was interviewing me. I actually think you were watching the interview. Um, and um, this this woman used the word uh, the c word in the context of her of her conversation, and um, I I didn't like stop and make a big deal of it. Um, I didn't um, uh, de, quote unquote derail the conversation. Not that it would have been derailing because it was a really important conversation to have. Um, but all I did was uh, I said, well, I wouldn't use the c word because that's a mental health slope. But I do agree that it was a very intense situation. So um, it 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 meant that, and I saw the person who I was who was doing the interview pause, and what I, and was like, oh. Okay, and it, get, it invited her to be like, if you wanna ask me, if you wanna d- dive into that part of the conversation, we can have that conversation. But I'm going to just n- make a note that this is not an okay term to use. And I'm gonna offer you an alternative so that we can continue the conversation. Because obviously, that was a a public forum uh, we were we were live i didn't want that to go un unnoted uh, or unaddressed um and it was a, a situation where we could potentially then have a conversation about it off air afterwards um because it was going out live um and 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 i could have had a deeper conversation with her. i don't actually remember what i did in that situation i mean this happened so many times with so many people where i've i've had that i've had that i wouldn't use that word because it's a slur Uh, But I agree, it was, uh, it's a, uh, uh, and I agree that it's um, very intense or it's wild or it's whatever it is. Um, And so that's one of the ways that I found um, that to address it with somebody, um, to invite them into a conversation about it. I'm, 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 let's be clear right now, neither one of us are experts on this, neither one of us are educated on this. There are way more people out there that you should be listening to about these terms and other things that are not okay and how to shift and change them. Uh, I'll put, try and put some resources in the show notes for this, of some different places to go and start learning about these things uh, from people who know way more about it than than we do. Um, We just know that, or or I just know that as I'm going about my day-to-day life, wherever possible, I try to uh, address it um, and find an alternative way of approaching it so that, um, an alternative term, so that it offers somebody a different term to use or invites them to think well is that term that she's offered me the one I meant or actually do I mean something else and they can then correct again and go actually uh, what I meant was overwhelming or whatever it was. So this is a couple of things that I have found in my journey with this.
0: So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna offer you a couple of replacement words to use in place of the C word. And this was actually really, really helpful for me to have a list of words that I could kind of go to in my memory bank so that I wasn't always pausing for a long period of time going through the thesaurus in my head, trying to figure out what I was trying to say and actually sometimes it's not about having them in the memory bank in the head
1: sometimes it's literally having them somewhere like in the notes on your phone mm-hmm. like we're gonna what we'll do is we'll put this list of words in the show notes and we're also going to share some other resources that are good to help with this uh, we'll get to that in a minute um so that you've got somewhere to go to see if there are alternatives that would be helpful
0: for you in those moments mm-hmm. Um, and just so you know, this is not by any means an exhaustive list. No, no. <laughs> it's, it could go on. These are just a few situations or it's a few words that we use or that we have been inexperienced with where people are meaning this, but or using the, the C, C word. word right. And um, as we go through – as we go through this list, um, it's, gonna, it's kind of interesting to see the different emotions that we are blanket using the C word. And different meanings. It, like there's so many different things that we use that same word for, right? It, I, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing when you start to break it down. It's like, whoa, I never meant it when I said it. Yes. Like, that was never what I was trying to convey. I was trying yeah. to convey all these replacement words. So I'm just going to kind of read through the list and touch in on a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, things like chaotic, amazing awesome, incredible, wild, overwhelming, strange, ridiculous, weird. Like, that's when I lo- I, I almost embrace the oh, weird. Oh, I love weird. Like, like, I'm all about the weird. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, call me weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yes, you are correct. Mm-hmm. But I am yes. not the C word. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Spinning out is one of the ones that I kind of attach to because I think a lot of us can relate to identifying with what we've been taught, the phrase I feel like I'm going to the, sea, the road. sea road. Yeah. I feel like I'm spinning out. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm in a snow globe. I use that analogy a lot mm-hmm. as well. It's like a snow globe. I feel like I'm, you know, shaking there's things around me. I'm like, Oh, what the hell's going on? Or like I'm in a tornado. It, I know you've used that one in the past as well. And that's what I mean. Yes. That's that feeling of, Oh God, what am I doing? You know, just everything keep, feels out of control. Like, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's unpredictable, impulsive, fearless. Um, and, we also use this word, the C word to almost be anecdotal or um, kind of like friendly or s- like sassy. And it's like, you're silly or foolish. Like, it's like almost a term of endearment sometimes, I, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like it It just, it's not a compliment. Yes. <laughs> it's no, not it's supposed not. to be used as one. Yeah. And it can also be for lacking understanding right. or um, you want to say you're ignorant or mm-hmm. you're dense or you're uninformed or um, it's something that comes... I get hit with a lot is I like to do adrenaline based activities I am all about the adventure (laughs) I am adventurous Mm -hmm. I am spontaneous I'm a thrill seeker I'm a risk taker for many people I'm scary in Mm -hmm. what I do that does not mean that I should be that somebody should use the c word to identify or to describe what I'm doing or who I am right
1: and the thing about it is like even those words like as Serena said like um, you're looking at, someone might think say that she's scary for doing those things. Also, it can be used to describe a scary situation. Oh, that situation was, and what they mean is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things like confusing and... Um, uh, reckless. There's there's so many different ones, and a lot of these came. Uh, a lot of the ones that these are the, some of the ones that I use on a regular basis. That we use on a regular basis, and a lot of these actually came from a really great resource to help with this, which is by um, on a website called um, Autistic Hoya by Lydia X Z Brown. Oh, X Z Brown. I've been in the U- the U S too long. <laughs> I'm using. So if you're on one side of the pond, it's Lydia X Z Brown. If you're on the other side of the pond, it's Lydia X Z Brown welcome to the other side yes absolutely (laughs) we're gonna put a link to this resource in the show notes but there's also a quote that was on this website that I really wanted to share because I thought it really kind of summed up what we were talking about specifically in this episode which is a ableism is not a list of bad words language is one tool of an oppressive system and remember this we're talking about this is at a systemic level this is not about individual quote-unquote bad people doing bad things this is about a system that creates a situation in which it is so much harder for some people to get their needs met than others and there are more barriers for them to overcome so the quote continues being aware of language for those of us who have the privilege of being able to change our language can help us understand how people pervasive ableism is ableism is systemic institutional devaluing of bodies and minds deemed deviant abnormal defective subhuman less than Um, ableism is violence and i think that that's what we need to get back to with this is the recognition that ableism in any form and language is one of the examples of this is violent because that violence is harming this other person and their needs so there is a whole list of other words that we want to shift in our vocabulary on the resources that we'll share it in the show notes, um, and the, because they're harmful and they're slurs to different people, and they've got a whole bunch of other alternatives. This is just some of the list here. I'm so grateful to them because I use this resource on a regular basis to help um, me when I'm when I'm trying to think of a word and I can't think of what the alternative is. This is normally my first stop because there are so many great alternatives on there. So this is a reminder to be mindful of our language and to change it where it others because it will inadvertently cost our own needs because of interconnectedness and I think one of the things that is um that is that comes up around this is a lot of people um like oh it's too hard to change like I like I I can't do it um and while this is like a slightly uh, um kind of parallel example but not the same thing that we're talking about a lot of people say that it's it's hard uh, when a trans person um, uh, tells you what their new what then what their actual name is rather than their dead name or their actual pronouns are other than their um, than the ones that they were assigned with at birth uh, or the the, um, the, the um, sex that they were assigned the, the genetics they were assigned at birth when a trans person tells you what their new name is what their actual name is rather than their dead name a lot of people are, oh it's been too hard I've been I've been calling you that for years and I and and I, therefore, like it's, I, don't, I, I struggle with it. It's too difficult to remember. If you are able to remember the name of a married person if they choose to change their last name, then it's not about remembering to change the name. It is an issue that you have with that person. And honouring and respecting and valuing trans people and using the, the uh, using their actual name and using their actual pronouns. And this is kind of a similar thing. Like we, there are so many examples of language that has changed over time for a number of different reasons like sometimes language changes over time because people become aware and they have recognised that the language is not okay um, it and um, so we, we over time When a a terminology or a, a word becomes not okay to use, it's remarkable when everyone decides it's not okay, all of a sudden it changes very, very rapidly. Or it can do, unlike some people, the fact that it's offensive is the reason people continue to use it. But actually, also just look at the evolution of language. The language that we use today that we didn't use 10 years ago, 20 years ago. The language we used 10 or 20 years ago that we don't use because it doesn't feel relevant anymore just it doesn't feel cool anymore. How many terms have you changed in your own vocabulary that you used to use all the time? You that like, well, it's not cool to use that anymore, so I'm not going to use that term. If you can change it for that reason, you can change it for this reason. So it's really important to recognize that it's not too hard to change. It's not that it can't be changed, it's that, it's that not enough people realize yet that these terms are not okay and that they need to change. And that's the thing is that once you recognize that these terms are not okay, once you recognize that they're harming other people, and therefore you're actually compromising your own needs to use it, that they're not okay and that they need to change, it's remarkable how quickly things can change. Now, I want to just finish up by saying we've talked about some, some a, a whole range of uh, different topics today. Uh, we've talked about some really triggering topics. I want to reiterate: we are not experts on this. We are not educators on this. And I'm gonna um, I'm just gonna hold hold my hands up. I'm not an expert in how to discuss these perfectly or even well necessarily at times. We may have made mistakes in how we have spoken about this. We may have um, uh, used terminology. At times, even by speaking, the terminology is once. I, I'm, I'm just wanted to say to people listening: we are open to your feedback. We are open to your questions. We are continually learning. We're continually seeking to learn and learning to do better. We are continually educating ourselves in these areas. And we are also open to somebody coming along and saying hey this thing that you did there that wasn't okay for this this and this reason if you are willing to let us know that stuff if you are willing to educate us we are wide open and we very much appreciate it so um, I just want to apologize if we have made mistakes in how we have handled this conversation um, and say that we felt that this was a really important topic to discuss because of the impact it has on needs and because of the ignorance that a lot of people have on the impact of needs and we are learning and growing and we will learn to do better and we will do better if if anybody wants to help and assist us with doing that because they want to provide us with feedback, we would appreciate that and um, we're wide open and we love to learn how to M- how to minimize our harm and minimize our impact to other people in how we discuss these topics and generally how we navigate life that's how we've got to where we are with the needs and with the equity and interconnectedness piece so um so I, th- I mean this has been some kind of kind of deep stuff that we've talked about today but it's really important and it's remarkable when you start to make these shifts when you start to shift your language it's remarkable how that ripples out to the other people that you know and the people that you're around all the time it's quite extraordinary isn't it? Seeing the effects uh, and how, how easy it is for, uh, for people to change their language if they really want to. Mm-hmm. And how many people now don't use these terms, whether it's just around me uh, and they're doing it because they know I'm going to mention it, and I'm going to call them out, and I'm going to say it's not okay. Or whether they're actually doing the work to change the conditioning and the internal perceptions that they have about people that make it feel like it's okay to use that language, I don't know. But it's it's interesting seeing that that things are start things start to shift when you start to do this work. So it can be very important. It can be very powerful, and um, it's the one way in which. We, we can't, I, I can't change the entire system by myself overnight. I can dedicate myself to being on a journey to, do, to be a part of doing that and what I can do is I can focus on changing me and my internal conditioning, I can do my work on this and I can also uh, work on changing my little corner of the world and uh, influencing and affecting that in whichever way I can by helping other people to understand things that, other, that I didn't know about and people were um, uh, gracious enough to share with me so that I could learn and do better as well.
0: Um, anything you want to add? You know something that's just kind of sticking with me with what you said about um some, you know the pronouns and um, identifying to somebody's gender that they are presently not necessarily the gender they were born with or so, g- yes, given that at, that birth. For, assigned assigned at, at birth assigned at assigned at birth. Yeah. Thank you for the proper. Mm-hmm. Language. Well, and, and, right. and
1: again, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say I, I'm I'm not gonna say I don't think it's gender that's assigned at birth. It was. I think it might be sex that was assigned at birth. There is there is a distinction here, this is why I'm saying, we're not experts on this, we're not educators on this. We are continuing to learn as well. So I don't I don't know that it is actually gender. It's I, I know that people uh, can uh, identify as, as that, that they were assigned female at birth, but maybe now they're non-binary, uh, maybe they now identify as male, maybe they're gender fluid, so there's lots of um, different, so there's a difference between, I know there's a difference between sex and gender, um, and I'm not, um, educated enough to be able to define that and what I will say is I'm continually learning about this I know Serena is continually. we go looking for it we go on google to find out this is one of those things that after this podcast <laughs> we'll we will both phones. be going online <laughs> to say how should we have been having that conversation what was the terminology that we should have been using and we invite you to do the same sorry I didn't mean to jump in there but I do think it's important it's, nope I'm to glad to you mention. did because
0: that's you know like you said we're that's gonna now we go and we're gonna look into it further and yep. make sure that the next time that that phrase is what it's using meant to be. Yes. Um, you had said that there are certain words we just don't use anymore and people are, oh, it's just too hard to change. Mm-hmm. I think back to the nineties when things were rad and mm-hmm. all that in a bag of chips, the bomb. I right. mean, the amount of times I've heard those words yeah. in the last like 10 years and for an entire period of my life, like that centered. Mm-hmm. That was, was that was the term that was used all the time, and yeah. now it's not. And there wasn't a huge. It took a little time to get it out of your vocabulary. You might have said it a few times, and then somebody was like, "Did you just say all that in a bag of chips?" Right. Which is cool if that's. is that's, that, that's what but you it's mean. Just, you haven't heard that recently, right? Because yeah. the times of language have. Oh, I, I'm flowing with my hands, right? Um, language has changed over time. It's the same thing the first couple of times it's not going to be easy it's not going to click right away for most people right but you do it a couple of times and then more and more and then it just becomes natural and you're not using it
1: absolutely i mean and and the, the other like example is like uh i mean some people do a transition around this other people don't but like i went from a transition when i was younger of calling uh my mom mummy. To calling her mum like there was a transition that happened because all of a sudden it wasn't cool to call your mum mummy anymore <laughs> it was cool to use the term mum and so I made that transition and again, as you said, it probably happened over time. There were probably um, times when it kind of went both ways. Mm-hmm. But that—that that was a—that was a transition that happened in my language. It wasn't like I, I sat there and went, "Oh my goodness, you know what? It's way too hard to remember, Mom." Like I like I've been using Mummy for years. Like I can't change this. <laughs> How if, will she know her name if right? I'm calling How out will she Mom? Who I'm speaking been, to? <laughs> Whose child is this? Right. And this <laughs> is the thing. And here's the here's here's the rub. This is what it gets down to: is that when you have an internal motivation to want to change something it becomes remarkably easy to change it Um, comparatively with if you don't have if you're doing it because you think you should do or because you're getting societal pressure to do so or because somebody else thinks you should do that internal motivation is the thing that makes the difference with making these kinds of changes and it was I remember I remember vividly the conversation that we had where we talked about the c-word for the first time and I remember the look on your face when you realized that you knew somebody to, for whom this term would be harmful mm-hmm. and when you when you had something you, you were like oh my goodness like, of course i would never use that term around her and because i wouldn't want to cause harm to another person and i know that would cause harm to you and i, I remember when i asked you the question how many people have a mental health condition that you don't know about and it was like watching the pe- i mean the penny <laughs> pound dollar any kind of currency you can think of dropped and plummeted like it was like a lead weight watching it drop within your system. It's like, oh my God. And that, oh my God, was, oh my God, how many people have I inadvertently and unintentionally harmed because I
0: haven't made it a priority for me to learn how to not do that? I'm pretty sure the rest of that meal was me going through that dialogue as mm-hmm. I'm, you know, eating my key lime pie, like oh. I'm i can almost guarantee. I'm such a fucking asshole. Right. Right. But it was, I felt, I remember feeling, I was like, oh, oh oh like yeah oh and this isn't
1: to make it about us and our feelings and people who are doing harm but it's about that when we do that we're connecting to our humanity because we are connecting to the humanity of the people who we have harmed and that internal oh feeling that is our humanity going I don't want to do that to another human being and that is the internal motivator that is the thing inside you that calls you to want to change that pulls you in the direction even when it's tough even when you're tired even when you can't figure it out and you need to pull out your phone and google go on to word hippo or thesaurus.com or whatever it is and come up with an alternative because you don't want to do harm that is what we want to do is we want to be connecting to our humanity by connecting to the humanity of others and going I don't want to do harm to another person and when we feel that that's become that's what that internal motivation is that we're talking about when we feel that we're like I don't want to feel that again mm-hmm. and I know if I do this to somebody else I'm going to feel that because that's my humanity that's my that's that's the internal thing going you've done harm to another human being that's not okay we don't want to do that that's not okay with us and we don't want to feel that again so what are we going to do to ensure this doesn't happen again and that's
0: meeting your needs as well as the other person's. Exactly.
1: And it goes back to the apology series and actually the apology series, I'm glad that we did the apology series before we did this one because this is one of those instances where when these moments happen and we do harm to other people we can go back to that apology sequence go through this, those six steps or ideally the seven steps to make amends, to, um, to um, avert further um, harm, to uh, address the situation, to make amends um, to um, avoid repeating it, to go above and beyond i mean there's all of these steps and you can go back and this is how we can use that to take care of the needs that have been compromised by the harm that we have done and to make that commitment to ensuring it doesn't happen again and this is why these things can now start to be used in conjunction this is an example of how our behavior and our choices can impact somebody else's needs and when you understand how to make an apology you can start to heal that the thing that, is what, that goes a step further than that though is don't wait until you've made the mistake, is to go out and proactively educate yourself about these things so you don't do harm in the first place. It's so much easier to not do harm in the first place than it is to go back and need to apologize and do a, a, an effective apology every single time that you cause harm. It's far easier to go out and proactively look. As, as Serena and I said, we, we won't wait for people to call us out on things. If we think something could be um, problematic, or harmful we go looking is that a problem right okay we need to stop doing that because that's going to cause harm to other people so yes we need to understand and be aware of the things that are going to cause harm to others yes we need to be uh, aware of how to genuinely and authentically and effectively apologize when those things happen but one step further than that how do we proactively do this so that we don't compromise our needs or anybody else's needs as we go through day-to-day life and we can get and we're going to make mistakes those of us with privilege it's going it's not an if it's a when and it's going to be consistent it's going to be on a regular basis but the more we can do and the more um, commitment we can make to proactively educating ourselves to prevent these things from happening the the less harm that we do to others and therefore the less own needs get impacted because of that connection through our humanity. Wow, we went deep at the end there, we but, I, but like, but important. Like, yes. I really, this has been a really important part of my journey around needs. I know it's been a huge part of Serena's mm-hmm. journey around needs, and this is not what people tend to think about when we talk about needs. Like, we tend, people are like, oh yeah, self care, blah blah blah, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is more nuanced than that. Needs are way more nuanced than people are, are aware of, and this is just one of the things that we wanted to talk about on this. Um, the good news is, is that next time we are beginning. Our self first mini series. So, I, I think I actually talked about it in this podcast earlier today. We talked about how to do these things in a way that aren't going to be um, negatively impacting other people. We're going to go a little bit deep with that because the questions we sometimes get from you are like, well, is this self first? Is that self first? Does self first mean you would do this in this situation? So, we want to go into that a little bit more and help you to understand, um, really get self first a little bit more. So, we've got a little three episode mini series coming up. Stay tuned for that. But all I want to say in the meantime, if there's nothing to add from you, no, uh, I would say thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us on this topic. And thank you for being open to listening and learning about this. It, we really appreciate it. Uh, we'll say we're sending you love. Stay safe. And remember, between now and next time, remember to keep meeting your needs. That's love. Bye bye. Guys. bye okay so when we finished recording that episode we realized in the midst of the conversation that we didn't know how to properly articulate the difference between gender and sex especially when we were using the example of uh, transgender people and how they get referred to and so um as we always do when we realize that we don't know something that we should know in order to avoid doing further harm we went and googled it I'm a, I'm a, No, I'm we didn't google it sorry i've got i've got my air quotes going on <laughs> I, was, I was trying to do two different things at the same time then we went and quote unquote did our research it's not really research but we went and googled it to find out how do we need to be speaking about these um these terms and there is a, a quote that we found that uh, we thought would be very helpful because it it makes it very clear what the difference is um and um this is saying that there is often a, a fundamental miscommunic- uh, misconception of the difference between sex and gender. This came from Amit um, Paley, who's the um, CEO and executive director of the Trevor Project, which is a suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for LGBTQ youth. That's how they speak speak to it. I'm assuming it's LGBTQIA plus youth. Uh, and the quote is, your sex is what you are assigned at birth. And your gender is the way that you experience your own sense of gender identity. Now we will continue to go and and Google more and to find out and learn more about this to make sure that we are educating ourselves into how we need to be speaking about this to avoid doing harm. Uh, I would like to apologize if we use the terminology I I believe that we use the terminology incorrectly during the um, uh, during the podcast so not if we did it Uh, I don't remember exactly what was said I don't have it in front of me but my belief is that we did use the terminology correctly so i would like to apologize for that
0: i'm gonna let you do the same yes i would like to apologize for it as well i'm shaking my head in the video when i'm realizing most Um, people can't see can't see us
1: because we're on we're on audio um so um we are we, we wanted to rectify it immediately so we didn't want to wait for a future podcast episode we wanted to make sure that we had clarity around this um at the end of this episode um and um For anybody who is listening, um, for whom we caused harm, uh, we'd like to apologise profusely. If there's something we can do to make amends, in fact, what I'm feeling, actually, um, this is not something we actually discussed ahead of time, um, but I'm thinking that um, as the the Universal needs, we will make a donation to a... um, There's actually a um, the Black Trans Art and Joy Fund, which is um, an organisation which is um, based in the Netherlands who helps support... Um, I, I'm not going to do them justice, so I'm not going to even explain it. If you go and look them up, the Black Trans uh, Art and Joy Fund, um, and we'll make a donation to them um, as a as a way of in some way trying to make amends for um, any harm that we did uh, that we caused today um, through uh, not knowing better Um, obviously we are learning we're trying to address this right now and we will continue to this process of of proactively seeking out to understand better the areas where we hold systemic privilege and we don't we have ignorance Um, and this is something that we we need to do and I I think this was one of the things that was really important for us Um, it would have been very easy for us to have just either re re-recorded this episode um, or um, edited out the problematic pieces um, and we made a choice to leave them in so people can see that we fuck up too um, that we make mistakes too and that when we do so this is how we uh, we're we're trying to do it and if there is more that we can do if um, th- there is a better way of dealing with it that someone can see and you're willing to share that with us we are wide open and we would um, very much appreciate that um, this is how we are choosing to deal with it now. And who knows, in the future, if we get um, if we get feedback that actually keeping it in there was harmful, we may, may, we may re-edit it. Um, we may, there may be another piece on the end of this where we explain why we've edited it. We may remove this episode completely. Who knows? We will deal with this. Uh, as we learn and grow and do better, we will um, respond appropriately in terms of our content. So we will edit or we will um, uh, change availability of content uh, because we don't want to do harm to others. And we also want to show that this is not about being perfect, this process. Um, we are doing our best. We are learning. We continue to learn how to do better. And when we fuck up, we will hold our hands up and we will apologize and we will make amends in the best way that we can. So um, uh, I think that's it for this. Is there anything you want to add to what I've just said?
0: No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Okay. That's, we we yeah. just want to make sure that we are... Working at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we and, and the- this is what and this is what we do. Yes. Like the no sooner did we stop recording we both jumped up and Immediately. and went without
1: even well, and the funny thing was, Serena was down the hall, and she said, "What am I? What? What is it that I'm googling again?" She couldn't remember exactly what the terminology was that we were we were choosing between. And I was like, "I'm doing it as well." And I said, "It's the difference between gender and sex." Um, and she found a quote, and I found a quote, and we we were doing some um some reading on it. Uh, and I said, "That's not the end. That's the start." Yes. And uh, it's like, how do we learn how to do better? And and some of the things that that, that I do and um that might be helpful for other people is just following people. who have different levels of marginalization on social media uh, following people um, who don't have the same uh, race as you people who uh, have a different gender identity or who have um, uh, different abilities um, and um, who um, have got um, neurodivergent folks just learning and, and being exposed to educators in these different spaces um, there are some incredible people out there pay them pay them pay them I will say um, because they're doing amazing jobs by educating other people work with them learn from them that's what we're doing and we will continue to do that so this was just us saying um, we we apologize for the uh, mistakes we made and we will um, we're learning how to do better we don't want to overplay this because it's not about us it's about um, the, the people who are affected by this, but we just wanted to jump on and say a quick, this is the thing that we wanted to add on to the episode in order for it to feel more um, complete and that we had um, tied up any loose ends and things that needed to be addressed. So um, thank you for watching. Uh, We will see you again really soon. Remember in the meantime to continue meeting your needs. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review as it will help more people find us.
1: And remember, you inadvertently cost your own needs when you use harmful language. There are always other options. Well,
0: shit, it really is that simple.